Osberg and uh, Lindsay Grazel face felony charges that First Amendment advocates say are part of a growing number of attacks on freedom of the press. This is written by Sam Levin, and again, it's on The Guardian, so you can check out that full information. Full information. They can check out that full article there as well. Ooh. <laughs> have to say it i mean if we don't speak it then that's a problem so have to get that out there next um i'll just briefly read um the story i mentioned earlier is on democracy now chicago cops who broke code of silence to report police drug gang faced deadly retaliation and this came out today on the 21st so thank you jd for speaking about that two chicago police officers say they have faced retaliation and suffered from ptsd since they blew the whistle on a gang of their fellow cops who were demanding bribes from drug dealers in the housing projects of chicago and they, they speak with one of the whistleblowers shannon spaulding and with reporter jamie calvin who documented their ordeal in a major investigation for the intercept called code of silence so you can check that out um the transcripts with uh, juan gonzalez and you can check that out on democracy now there you go Sometimes it's good just to give the, uh, here's some headlines, check them out, read them, form your own opinion. Let's talk about it. Next, for folks who like to vote, uh, there's a pissed off voter's guide. I agree with a lot of what they have to say. I'm going to go over some of the propositions, state propositions. Uh, 51, no endorsement. It's cool. Okay, for the ones that there's no endorsement, I won't, I won't go over them. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over the ones that they say hell yes to or hell no to. Um, because those are really, you know, like the ones that are really uh, polarizing, really serious. Let's go over those. 55 is a hell yes, and that's a state proposition. And that's the extension of income tax to, on the 1%. Do I even need to read that? Do I need to say that? If anyone's listening to the show and disagrees with that, first of all, why are you listening to the show? And also, thank you for listening to the show. And also, yeah, of course, the 1% need to be taxed more. Hello. Also, hell yes on Prop 57, progressive parole reform. Next, hell yes, Prop 62, repeal the death penalty also. And if there was a camera in the, in the studio, you could see me dropping the piece of paper because I'm like, why am I reading this? I totally already know this and agree this. I don't need to read a paper to tell me this. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, obviously. Um, uh, there's a big no on Prop 66. Uh, <laughs> kill everyone even faster with the death penalty. So no, no, no. We don't like the death penalty. Well, I don't, and a lot of folks don't. And it's a, no, no on the death penalty. So no on 66. Local, there's a few local measures. The hell yes goes for uh, Prop D. Uh, let's elect our elected officials. That's their their uh, their take on it. Yes, hell yes on F. Vote 16. I'm assuming that's the. Is that the one? I'm gonna like look it up now because I have my idea of what it's about, and then I feel if I say what I think it's about and it's not, I'm going to feel extremely embarrassed. So I am going to do some research before I, I talk about it. Um, oh yeah. Restricting Airbnb rentals. So, um, on prop F wait, this is November 15th. So that's a different one. Let's do 2016. This is why it's really important to know what we're talking about here. Um, yep. Um, Prop F 2016. And I'm going to maybe move along while we bring this one up because I feel like they, um, they don't have a full description of it on here. So I want to make sure that when I'm talking about it, I, I know what I'm talking about. And imagine if that were the case for, um, the folks who are like on TV and reading the news, um, who are like paid to do it. This is, if folks don't know, I've been doing this for the love of, you know, just for my love of doing the right thing for, 
three years now almost. Been doing the show, dedicating my time. I don't get paid for it. I have no sponsors. Uh, unlike other people, I won't, I won't name any names. People may be on TV who maybe like want to put hit pieces out on certain presidential candidates. Um, I, no one, no one's fucking paying me. Jill Stein's not paying me. No one's paying me. I get a lot of emails from Jill Stein though. Gotta say, uh, no one's. There's no one here who's telling me what to say. This is coming from the information that I receive from talking to people, from view, from reading what other folks are writing. Uh, there's no. I'm not sponsored at all. If you'd like to sponsor the show, that would be great. But that's not happening. So a lot of this is really just coming out of my heart, and no one's paying me what to say. And you know what? I was fucking right about this all along. It's the youth voting. Uh, it's uh, changing the the age to youth voting to uh, uh, from 18 to 16, which is what I thought it was, and I second guessed myself as I often do, and I was right. So moral of the story: you should trust yourself. Yes. Yeah, so vote yes on Prop F, which lowers the voting age to age 16. Another big one. It's a hell yes. N. N is in. Well, I was gonna say no, but that would confuse folks. And what's a good word with N? <sighs> Nutella. I think most folks like Nutella. Great. So hell yes on, pro on Prop N, non-citizen voting in school board elections. Great. Hell no on Prop P, snarl affordable housing in red tape. Big fuck no, their words, not mine, but also mine. And Q, that's like the one that's like I mentioned last week. And uh, forevermore, peaceful at the surface, and peaceful at the core. All the joy within my heart would be so free to soar. And we're living on a living planet, circling a living star. I don't know where we're going, but I know we're going far. We can change the universe by being who we are. And we're living on a living planet, circling a living star. And if all the world knew justice now and forevermore, justice at the surface and justice at the core, all the joy within my heart would be so free to soar and we're living on a living planet circling a living star i don't know where we're going but i know we're going far we can change the universe by being who we are and we're living on a living planet, circling a living star. And if all the world knew freedom now and forevermore, freedom at the surface and freedom at the core, all the joy within my heart 
would be so free to soar and we're living on a living planet circling a living star i don't know where we're going but i know we're going far we can change the universe by being who we are and we're living on a living planet hello and welcome to women's magazine it is friday march 16th 2018 and i'm global val thanks so much for tuning in to mutinyradio.fm today broadcasting live from the mission district every friday afternoon 21st in florida and we hope you can come down and join us sometime at the three o'clock hour just one hour from now a scant you know 52 minutes or so we will be uh, we will have our doors wide open as well as our mics, minds, and hearts for you to come down and be part of the Common Thread Collective and uh, share your music, your poetry, your activism in this very funky little space we call Mutiny Radio. Uh, it is surprisingly sunny out. Uh, it has been a rainy, rainy week, but it's been good because California needs it, um, especially considering the uh, rate of homelessness um, and uh, throughout the state of California and the need for more housing. Uh, housing has been a, become a, a, a very big issue in this San Francisco mayor's race that's happening right now. It's an abbreviated mayor's race. Usually it's a, like a, you know 18 months or so of campaigning and such, but uh, with the untimely and unexpected death of Mayor Ed Lee in December, there is a rush to um, a special election this June 5th. So uh, the housing is a huge issue and um, as we look at where there could be potentially more housing, um, we're also looking at the impact of more people being in the footprint of San Francisco, which is 49 square miles, um, and of course, drawing upon the natural resources of our region. You know, we get a, most of our water coming up from Hetch Hetchy, um, but we've but the city has also started to tap into groundwater reserves, um, which some voice concerns about because groundwater reserves can, you know, are reserves um, and to be there in an emergency. And um, well, you know, the more rain we get, uh, the better off we are. Of course, it's not just raining here. That's just rain, folks. But we're talking about snow counted in the feet in the Sierra Nevadas. So uh, we're very happy that there's going to be, um, you know, a fortified snowpack this year um, because we all need water. That was some music at the beginning from a duo called Emma's Revolution and um, uh, Pat Humphreys and Sandy O. And uh, I love that Living Planet song. It's got a very Celtic uh, kind of feel and sound to it. And tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. So Aaron Gobra and may, uh, you know, luck shine upon you. Um, anyhow, here we are on this given Friday. And... Well, there's a lot going on as usual, um, but I, I, I found a couple things that, that friends shared with me. Um, there is a musician, woman, goddess of sorts 
from the Big Island of Hawaii, who uh, Mary Isis, whose music I like to play on the show. Um, I actually lost the CD that she that I had from her a while back, but um, she's really an amazing uh, high vibration kind of being here on this planet, and um, she likes to experiment and and uh, you know put things together. She kind of will sing a cappella with herself. She'll just you know tape things three three times and, and then put it all together um so kind of as an invocation uh for today's show i wanted to um, play something that that she shared Thank you, Mary Isis. You can find some of her music on uh, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, iTunes, and um, also she's part of a, a group of musicians called Nectarian Collective, um, N-E-C-T-A-R-I-A-N. And um, she's been here to play live at Mutiny Radio before. Um, so I, I recommend that uh, if you liked what you heard, and that was just her, you know, little home recording, uh, but she really does have a lot of beautifully produced music out there in the cloud, as we say. So check out Mary Isis, the goddess Mary Isis. Um, well, as I was saying before, um, I, I love I love how she was talking about the sacredness of life um, because uh, one of the main issues and one of the, the main um, you know topics that I like to discuss on the show is the environment uh, because it's it's you know it's something that we all share. There's probably a lot of other things that we all share as humans, but uh, one thing that we can absolutely point to <laughs> is our shared environment. So. Um, uh, I appreciate everyone out there who's doing his or her part or their part to um, kind of minimize your waste and uh, work together on creative solutions uh, so that we, you know, protect our, our shared planet here. Um, there's a few events coming up that I'd like to tell you about. Um, another topic we like to talk about on Women's Magazine is peace. And so uh, tonight, the ongoing Haight-Ashbury Peace Vigil, um, that's tonight, Friday the 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. That's at the corner of Fell and Masonic in the panhandle of Golden Gate Park. And you can go and meet Richard and Kat and uh, have a little peace vigil there. Find, you know, have some loving moments with community. Gotta love that. Richard and Kat are wonderful. Um, 
And let's see, tomorrow, um, there's an op- there's an art opening at the San Francisco Public Library, and it's it's oh, it's from open from noon to six p.m. It's called Degenderates Antifa Art Opening, so um, you can go check that out at the library. Um, here at Mutiny Radio on Saturday night is, from eight to ten p.m. is a storytelling night called That's Ironic. Um, it's being hosted by David Stolowitz here at uh, one of the DJs at Mutiny Radio, and uh, if you want to come down and hear some ironic stories. He's got a few people already coming through, but I also believe that there's opportunity to share other ironic stories. So a night of storytelling, how appropriate being at St. Patty's Day, time to, you know, weave a long yarn or something, but it must be ironic. Uh, I guess that's the, that's the key. Of course, if you came in and told a story that wasn't ironic, that in and of itself would be ironic. Uh, so yeah, come on out on a Saturday night to Mutiny Radio. We're at 2781 21st Street, right at the corner of 21st in Florida. On Sunday, the 18th from 4 to 7 p.m., there's a spring equinox uh, gathering at sunset, uh, well, at sunset uh, at the beach, Ocean Beach, and they're going to have yoga and a silent disco dance party. That ought to be hilarious. Um, the, the, the silent disco dance party part, of course. Uh, yoga at sunset sounds probably, you know, you know, primordial. Um, but that's that's Monday. Or I'm sorry, that's Sunday from four to seven. If you need to uh, get some fresh air and uh, work off a, 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 an Irish hangover, you might want to go do some yoga and dance it out on the beach. Uh, and also take your shoes off. You need to ground. You need to have your feet uh, connect with the actual sand and earth and water. It's good for you. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Now we're, now we're getting serious here. Uh, Monday, March 19th. Now that's Monday and it's Monday morning, uh, 8 a.m. to 12 at 375 Beale Street. There's a gathering for no tar sands in the San Francisco Bay. Um, let me let me get you a little more information about that gathering. Um, so it's to protect the water. Um, it's being hosted, I believe, by Idle No More, San Francisco Bay Area, to say no tar sands in our bay and uh, save April 9th for the next action. The Bay Area Quality Management District has issued a permit to the Phillips 66 refinery for the refinery expansion project. This is part of a project leading the refinery to process more Alberta tar sands and bring in over 93 oil tankers a year filled with tar sands, also called oil sands or dilbit. Tar sands are impossible to completely clean up when accidents occur, and there's some there's precedent for that. Um, there was a, a huge spill in the um, Kalamazoo River. Uh, Thank you, Enbridge, for that. Uh, The issuing of the permit came as a complete surprise. The groups working on stopping this permit had no idea that the uh, DEIR had been put out for public comment, which resulted in the only comment coming from Philip 66. Oil tankers spill. And this would be a disaster in our beautiful bay. So join your indigenous water protectors and land defenders to protect and defend the bay. Feel free to make your own signs. Here's some suggestions for those signs. No tar sands in SF Bay. Transparency in BAA QMD. Uh, 
Can't clean up tar sands. Save the bay. No Phillips 66 expansion. No Phillips 66 wharf expansion. We are here to protect the bay. No tar sands or oil tankers. Stand up to big oil. Tar sands, keep it in the ground. So thank you, I don't know more, for uh, staying on top of that. And again, gathering Monday morning, the 19th at 8 a.m. at 375 Beale Street in downtown San Francisco. It's right near the waterfront. So uh, if, you, if you're available, um, that's what's happening on Monday. Let's see. Also, uh, in indigenous news, there's a lot of actions happening on Tuesday, March 20th. There's two different actions, um, 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Uh, the equinox will be spring equinox. There'll be a prayer ceremony and uh, an action to save the shell mound. That'll be at 1900 4th Street in Berkeley, California. And then uh, also on March 20th, a Native Gathering for Indigenous Peoples Day. That's going to be at 915 I Street in Sacramento. So if you're in the state's capital, um, Monday from 4 to 7 p.m., a big gathering on I Street. I and I and I. Um, yeah, so many things you could be involved in. Uh, the United Dems here in San Francisco are having a cannabis forum on the 20th from 6 to 8 p.m. That's going to be at 3271 18th Street. And Tuesday night, that's Tuesday, March 20th, if you're a poet or if you enjoy a good poetic experience and jazz, you can go out to the word party. That is poetry and jazz. Uh, there's a feature this, this month, MK Chavez, who's a kind of East Bay, um, well, Bay Area poet. And um, Piano Fight is at 144 Taylor Street down in the beautiful Tenderloin district of San Francisco. Um, but the word party is awesome. It's a free show. Um, you can go in, you sit down, there is a bar, there's a restaurant, you can buy drinks or food or not. Um, but if you want to read a poem with the jazz band backing you, uh, signups start at seven. And the show goes till about 9.30. It's always a good time. Thanks to Jennifer Barone and Ingrid Keir and Daniel Hefez for being the word party originators. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. That was a lot of information, um, but that's for things coming up. Uh, for now, I'm going to play you some music and then come back and we're going to look at some of the things that have already been happening this week. A very large, uh, well, so many things, so many things this week and uh, a lot to keep our eyes on. So uh, again, thank you for listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val and... Uh, yeah, I know I may be preaching to the choir, but hey, you got to pump it up. Has anybody seen the choir? I want to preach to the converted. I want to see them rising up. Don't want to see one gaze averted.
Thank you again to Emma's Revolution. That's a great song. Preaching to the choir. Well, anyhow, um, you know, of course, things are, you know, it's, it's never really black and white, um, but it's it's it still kind of fascinates me how how varied uh, the popular opinions can be in this country. Um so this week was really, really amazing. Um, just a couple days ago, the national school walkout, uh, where thousands and thousands and thousands of students across the country um, walked out of their classrooms or held um, 17 minutes of silence uh, to commemorate the uh, victims of the Parkland, Florida shooting, school shooting. Um, but the protests, um, the marches of these young people against gun violence, um, it, it was a, an amazing uh, showing across the country of young people who have become ignited um, to stand up against politicians who send them thoughts and prayers when they are, you know, when, when children around the country have been killed in uh, horrendous numbers Um from guns being brought to school. Um, there was, but the day before the, the national walkout, um, there was a, a big display on the lawn across from the white house. And there were, um, 7,000 pairs of shoes that were laid out on the lawn, um, to represent the number of children who have been killed by guns. Um, I think it, like, I, I, I've got to check the time frame for that. I'm not sure if it was in the past year or, the, or since Columbine, which would be a big difference. But at the same time, it's still seven, over 7,000 children who have been killed by gun violence. Um, and it's a very moving display. If you haven't seen a picture of it, um, I recommend that you do. I think it's a really historic kind of demonstration, um, installation, uh, protest art, um, because the politicians um, 
continued to take money from the NRA and, you know, military contractors, uh, you know, people who are interested in selling weapons, um, and then failed to actually enact common sense gun reform. Um, you know, uh, what's interesting is that these kids who have risen up, especially from the high school in Florida where this recent attack happened, uh, by a student who everyone had already had concerns about, uh, someone who has, whose house had been visited by the police numerous times, um, and, uh, but, you know, also nothing was ever done about, um, who ended up going to school and shooting teachers and, and students, uh, with an assault rifle. And so since then, these kids are on fire. Um, there's all sorts of businesses who have, um, you know, pulled, um, who have changed, changed their practices, like, like sporting goods stores that sell, um, guns. A lot of them are actually pulling assault rifles off the shelf and not selling them anymore. Um, even in Florida, where this shooting, recent shoot, school shooting happened, um, they they've changed the uh, the age at which you can buy an assault rifle, um, which is you know minimal. I would say very minimal. Um, you have people across the country who, who, you know, are gun owners and they, maybe they hunt or maybe they, you know, they, they have guns for whatever their own purposes are. And, you know, they're they're like, ah, I got this assault rifle out of a trunk at a gun show, you know, just kind of to add to my collection. Um, there's a lot of people who are actually going and turning them in um, because it's like the little thing that they can do to try to protect people, society, and especially kids. Um, and, uh, I, I, I imagine that if I were one of those senators and, and Congress people, um, I'd be shaking in my boots right now because, uh, there really is a huge wave of activism and a lot of these kids are, are going to be eligible to vote in November. Um, so again, big changes coming uh, coming home, coming home to roost. So really, really proud of everyone, all the, all the students and the teachers and the parents and the gun owners who go and turn in their guns and the people who are stepping out and speaking up and supporting, uh, this movement to try to keep society, you know, relatively safe. (laughs) Is it really that much to ask folks? Anyhow, um, Bravo to all the school walkouts, and I look forward to November to see what happens um, when the entire House of Representatives gets uh, up for re-election. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's hard to maintain energy sometimes, you know, with, with, uh, with so many, you know, important things and and sad things and exciting things all mixed into one. It's quite the emotional cocktail. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's exhausting. And I think everybody is feeling that way in a sense. I look around sometimes and I look at people's faces and demeanors and body language. And there's a lot of people looking really dejected these days. Um, yet, on the other hand, there's a lot of great energy building uh, to you know, thrive and work together and 
make things happen and change things for the better. So a balance, a balance. So I would like to play now um, an Eve Ensler poem that was written. Um, of course, Eve Ensler is the originator of, she wrote the first vagina monologues and is part of the organization, founder of the organization of One Billion Rising. Um, One Billion Rising being founded on the, uh, on the principle that, is, that um, one in three women will experience uh, some kind of violence in their in her lifetime. So One Billion Rising, uh, they usually have a big celebration or day of action on Valentine's Day. Um, but here is a, a poem written by Eve Ensler and performed by Rosario Dawson, and it's called My Revolution Lives in This Body. begins in the body it isn't waiting anymore my revolution does not need approval or permission it happens because it has to happen in each neighborhood village city or town at gatherings of tribes fellow students women at the market on the bus it may be gradual and soft it may be spontaneous and loud. It may be happening already. It may be found in your closet, your drawers, your gut, your legs, your multiplying cells, and the naked mouth of taut nipples and overflowing breasts. My revolution is swelling from the insatiable drumming between my legs. My revolution is willing to die for this. My revolution is ready to live big. My revolution is overthrowing the state of mind called patriarchy. My revolution will not be choreographed, although it begins with a few familiar steps. My revolution is not violent, but it does not shy away from the dangerous edges where fierce displays of resistance tumble into something new. My revolution is in this body, in these hips, atrophied by misogyny, in this jaw wired mute by hunger and atrocity. My revolution is connection, not consumption, passion, not profit, orgasm, not ownership. My revolution is of the earth and will come from her for her because of her. It understands that every time we frack or drill or burn or violate the layers of her sacredness, we violate the soul of our future. My revolution is not ashamed to press my body down on her mud floor in front of banyan, cypress, pine, kalian, oak, chestnut, mulberry, redwood, sycamore trees to bow shamelessly to shocking yellow birds and rose blue setting skies, hard exploding purple bougainvillea and aqua sea. My revolution gladly kisses the feet of mothers and nurses and servers and cleaners and nannies and healers and all who are life and give life. My revolution is on its knees, on my knees to every holy thing and to those who carry empire-made burdens in and on their heads and backs and hearts. 
My revolution demands abandon, expects the original, relies on troublemakers, anarchists, poets, shamans, seers, sexual explorers, mystic travelers, tightrope walkers, and those who go too far and feel too much. My revolution shows up unexpectedly. It's not naive, but believes in miracles, cannot be categorized, targeted, branded, or even located, offers prophecy, not prescription, is determined by mystery and ecstatic joy, requires listening, is not centralized, though we all know where we're going. It happens in stages and all at once. It happens where you live and everywhere. It understands that divisions are diversions. Rosario Dawson teaming up on that amazing piece. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, you just type in Eve Ensler, My Revolution Lives in This Body, and um, check out 1billionrising.org. Whoo! That was a powerful, powerful poem. And it's a really cool video, too, which is why I recommend that you check it out on YouTube. Well, we're trying to try. I'm trying to tie a lot of different things together today. Um, so let's see how, how I can do. Uh, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. So it's an Irish holiday. As you can tell, I'm a little bit Irish myself. Um, we're going to tie together uh, the fact that students walked out across the country uh, to appeal to and protest um, uh, on the steps of their senators and congresspeople. Um, I actually saw a video yesterday where there were teenagers being escorted out of the halls of um, Congress uh, in essentially handcuffs, um, zip tied hands behind their back, escorted out, still chanting, enough is enough. Uh, very, very powerful scene there. And uh, education and the rights of children. So... There's a show here on Saturday called Labor and Love on Mutiny Radio. You should definitely check it out. And uh, the host of the show makes these really cool cards about people who are, have been were instrumental in the labor movement. And one of them, uh, one, one of the cards I have here in front of me is about Mary Jones, otherwise known as Mother Jones. Uh, Mary Mother Jones, who lived from 1837 to 1930, known as Mother Jones. Mary came to the U.S. from Ireland. In 1870, all four of her children and her husband died of typhoid fever. 
For the rest of her life, she traveled around the country speaking on behalf of workers. She worked for the United Mine Workers and the Industrial Workers of the World. In 1903, to protest the terrible conditions of child labor, she led a parade of children to demonstrate in front of President Theodore Roosevelt's house. Not the White House. House. Mother Jones was active in the Blair Miner Strike in 1921, and one district attorney called her, quote, the most dangerous woman in America. So thank you, Bill Morgan, for these uh, really cool labor cards. So Mother Jones, of course, Mother Jones lending her name to, well, or at least being used by the magazine, Mother Jones. Um, so Mother Jones has an article that came out yesterday by Kara Vo- Voigt um, talking about Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education, highly um, controversial Secretary of Education. Um, she has never gone to a public school, nor has anybody in her family. Um, her family business actually uh, profits from student debt. Um, and by the way, her brother is Eric Prince, the founder of Blackwater uh, Mercenary um, Organization. <laughs> More on that later. Okay, so Mother Jones, Kara uh, Voigt from Mother Jones writes, Betsy DeVos wants to eliminate the very programs she thinks will help stop school violence. Uh, The education secretary hopes to combat loneliness and isolation, but she's proposed cutting grants designed to do just that. As students across the nation walked out of class Wednesday to demand gun control, Ryan Petty, the father of one of the 17 people killed in the Parkland massacre, proposed an alternative course of action. He said, quote, I would encourage the students to not only walk out, but walk up. He said to lawmakers during a Senate hearing on gun violence and school safety, a sentiment he echoed on Twitter later that day. Hashtag walk up, not out. The idea that students should walk up to their peers in order to foster a friendlier, more inclusive school environment gained momentum in the days leading up to Wednesday's national school walkout. It's premised on the notion that reducing the amount of bullying and ostracism that occurs in school can also lower the potential for violence. Some have criticized the idea as an oversimplification of the factors that lead to gun violence, but research indicates that that it is an effective means for improving school safety. More than 4,000 mental health experts endorsed guidance to that effect late last month. What's more, the idea has found an ally in the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, at least when it comes to her rhetoric. Quote, we must acknowledge issues of loneliness and isolation, she said to the PTA Legislative Conference on Monday. She added, quote, we must find meaningful ways to help them reconnect and we must address social emotional learning, end quote. But when it comes to actually running her department, DeVos seems to have a very different set of priorities. Two days before the Parkland shooting, the Trump administration released its 2019 budget proposal, which outlined DeVos's plans to scrap funding that could be used to promote the very walk-up movement that DeVos has so enthusiastically endorsed. DeVos's budget, if approved by Congress, would eliminate the student support and academic enrichment grants. Funds given directly to local school districts that can currently be used for, among other things, promoting safe and healthy students. 
The Education Department's October 2016 guidance list exam- lists examples of the types of programs that grants could support, including promoting supportive school climates, implementing systems and practices to prevent bullying and harassment, and developing relationship building skills to improve safety through recognition and prevention of coercion, violence, and abuse. In other words, the very sort of preventative activities DeVos says she would like to see more of. The grants made available under the 2015 Every Student Succeeds Act legislation uh, that governs the nation's primary and secondary education have been lauded by experts in social and emotional learning, a school of thought that promotes teaching skills such as cooperation, self-management, and empathy alongside traditional academics. States received in the past $400 million in federal funding through the program in 2017. While states have broad discretion in how to allocate those funds, some, like Nevada, have prioritized social and emotional learning initiatives. This is actually DeVos's second attempt to eliminate the program. The Omnibus 2018 spending bill, which Congress is expected to vote on next week, provides $500 million for the grants, despite DeVos's efforts to dismantle them. DeVos's budget would also eliminate funding for a program that helps schools pay for counseling and conflict resolution for students exposed to pervasive violence, as well as grants for students for student programming during non-school hours, which can be directed towards school safety initiatives. According to the Education Department's budget proposal, the programs slated to be eliminated, quote, have achieved their original purpose, duplicate other programs, are narrowly focused, or are unable to demonstrate effectiveness. End quote. Speaking specifically about the student support and academic enrichment grants, the department has stated that other federal, state, and local resources can cover these activities, and that the amounts awarded under existing formulas, quote, would be too small to have a meaningful impact. End quote. But the funds that remain in the proposed budget mostly support such initiatives only tangentially. For example, while the Education Department would devote $42 million to school climate transformation grants, which provide funds that could also be used to address bullying and violence, it would prioritize schools that would use the funds to address the opioid epidemic. The good news for walk-up, the proponents of this walk-up, not out, is that the budget proposal is more indicative of the Trump administration's priorities than actual future spending levels. Trump's 2018 wish list bears little resemblance to the appropriations bill Congress will vote on next week. Lawmakers will also have the opportunity to grill DeVos about her spending plans on Tuesday when she appears before a House committee to discuss her department's 2019 budget. Thank you, Mother Jones. Hey, and here's a fact. Mother Jones was founded as a nonprofit in 1976 because they knew corporations and the wealthy wouldn't fund the type of hard-hitting journalism they set out to do. Today, reader support makes up about two-thirds the budget, allows them to dig deep on stories that matter, and keep reporting free for everyone. So if you want to support Mother Jones, it is a tax-deductible donation. You are listening to Women's Magazine, and we're just connecting dots over here and looking at the bigger picture, the bigger web of uh, our times. And I appreciate you tuning in to listen. I'll play a little more music for you. I've got about 10 more minutes of this show, so I'll be back in just a couple minutes. Let's pick another track from... 
Let's pick another track from Emma's Revolution. This one is called I Will Stand. We moved in silence with our children and the little we could carry. Four step gunpoint from our village by the oil man's military. We worked in silence on the pipeline, could not speak for fear of
All right, more from Emma's Revolution. So we just have a few more minutes here in the show. Uh, before the musical break, I was talking about uh, the education Department of Education budget as proposed by uh, the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, um, whose brother, Eric Prince, um, is the founder of Blackwater, um, which uh, is basically a mercenary company. Uh, ugh, ugh. Spooky stuff, right? Um, well, what's spookier than the CIA? Um, uh, you know, it's like hand in hand. Uh, so uh, I'm bringing it up because this week um, the the president announced via oh no, not not like official order, but via Twitter that he was firing the Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. Um, and and in the same breath, uh, saying that he was going to replace him with the current director of the CIA, um, who you know Trump also nominated and was confirmed. Oh, I can't even think of his name right now. Um, but I remember watching his confirmation hearing as director of the CIA. You know, right after um, Trump was inaugurated, and this guy. Oh, what uh, what is his name? I sorry. Um, I watched. I watched that that confirmation hearing and this guy was just like he couldn't really answer the questions he was very nervous he kept like laughing and sweating like chuckling because he was just like <laughs> like like kind of a goofy guy um not a not a like deeply experienced uh congress member of congress um you're kind of like who is this patsy right who is this guy um Anyhow, so now uh, Trump wants to make him the Secretary of State, um, and then who would be come? Who would be in line to be the director of the CIA? But the um, the de- the the next in line uh, is this woman named Gina Haspel, and this is Women's Magazine, and we talk about women who are changing the world. Um, usually, we talk about women who are changing the world in a positive way, um, but Gina Haspel, um, it's been noted, um, investigated, and made known, um, was a director of a CIA black black ops site in Thailand, where basically um, the uh, CIA would um, commit um, extraordinary rendition, um, which means that they would actually kidnap somebody who, you know, was a terror suspect or some kind of, you know, suspect in their eyes, um, and take them to these black ops sites, um, that were theoretically off the books, um, hidden places around the world to, to torture them, um, to try to, you know, get information. Um, and, and so this, this woman, Gina Haspel, um, was, was, you know, ran this black ops site in Thailand where, horrendous uh, torture uh, happened um, that uh, uh, she was allegedly directly involved with. So, um, you know, we've got an interesting uh, team going on at the White House. Um, the cabinet is, is it's pretty dirty. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes up and out of the confirmation hearings for Secretary of State 
soon to be replaced and the new director of the CIA um, soon to be replaced. I know I never know. Uh, and you know, what, what, can, what can we say? Um, there's, a, there's just so much coming to the surface, you know, how like scum rises to the top. Um, it's a pretty wicked cauldron, but you know what? At least we can see it. And, uh, Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I can make no predictions, uh, on, on any of that. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because, uh, Trump is going to take this opportunity to say, um, you know, if, if, if Gina Haspel is blocked and not confirmed, um, you know, it, Trump will take the opportunity to say, well, the Democrats blocked the first female nominee to be head of the CIA. You know, it's like he's going to take up the mantle of feminism. Um, good luck with that, uh, Mr. Trump. Anyhow, thanks for tuning in to Women's Magazine today. What can I say? Um, you know, I hope you have a great St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it's interesting, you know, Saint, uh, I, I do celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I was raised with, you know, kind of an Irish uh, twist in, in my life um, and my family and such, uh, among other things. Um, however, you know, St. Patrick is, you know, he, metaphorically he drove the snakes out of Ireland, you know. But what he really meant is that he went after the pagans um, and uh, replaced it with, you know, Christianity and... Uh, so uh, I, I do want to pay tribute to um, not only St. Patrick and, and, the, and Irish heritage, um, but also to the pagans. Um, you know, the history is longer than uh, your 153-page history book, um, social studies book in fifth grade. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine. Peace to you all. Um, may we all find our way out of this storm cloud. Uh, I'm going to end the show with the song that I played at the beginning of the show because I think it's a beautiful piece of work by Emma's Revolution. And uh, I thank you for tuning in. Stay